Hello and welcome back to the CareerCast. In this episode, I sit down with the co-founder of Navigators, Haley Tuller. Haley is a retired Navy veteran who got her start in Salesforce as an accidental admin, which eventually led to her starting her own consulting firm. We discuss a variety of topics that both beginners and experienced Salesforce professionals face. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, as well as follow me on Spotify. I'm another proud accidental admin. So I think a lot of people kind of find their way into Salesforce this way. Uh, After I got out of the service, I decided to start a second career working in nonprofits. And I I happened to be at a nonprofit that was on a technology platform they weren't happy with and wanted to implement a new one. And they were actually hiring specifically around that specific role. And they wanted someone who was going to help lead that transition. I just happened to be the lucky person that got tagged to do that job. So for like a solid year, it was my job to move my nonprofit onto Salesforce. Um, And I had a blast. I just completely fell in love with the platform and the flexibility of what it could do and and all the different that that it would solve, not just the problems we had today, but potentially the problems we had five years into the future that we couldn't even imagine. Um, And I just got kind of bit by that, that bug. You know, I think if you're one of those kids that played with Legos, and you really like just kind of putting things together and the creative quality of it. I just, I fell in love with it um, and did that for a while and then eventually made the jump into consulting. And I've been consulting at a couple of different firms now for, I guess, like six or seven years now is is how long it's, this has been going on, which is a little mind boggling to me. Uh, time goes by quick. And uh, over the years, I just learned more and more and fell more and more in love. And I, I, I like to say that I identify as an architect, uh, but I'm definitely a, a role switcher. So I love being a consultant and guiding my clients through the same journey. I also just really have mad respect for that classic admin role, which is the backbone of our entire community. Dude, I love the term role switcher. I'm taking that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am- Amber Rollis. <laughs> uh, I never thought of it like that, but I, I'm kind of, now that I hear you say that, I'm kind of the same way. I like doing a bunch of different stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny at work, like I've met with some Apex stuff, but like I would never call myself a developer. <laughs> but once you tell people that, they go, well, you know, you know some uh, dev stuff, right? I'm like, I mean, yeah, I mean, as much, <laughs> but it reminds I like, me of those try, commercials. I'll try. It reminds me of those commercials where the the guy like, you know, there's some sort of crisis and the guy steps in and they're like, are you a doctor? And he's like, no, but I slept at a, I see, and I'm, fa- I'm showing the commercial fail, but I slept at a whatever hotel last night. I, I, oh, I, yeah. It's kind of the same thing. People are like, are you a developer? <laughs> no, but I took a trailhead course once. <laughs> I, it's motel. Honestly, eight. though, shout out to uh, Rad Women Code because I, I had the opportunity mm. to go through that program. And I will, I, that was for me a, a breakthrough moment professionally when I could actually read code. Uh, you know, I, I can I can write like really basic code, but I tell you it's worth your time to learn enough to at least be able to read it because it definitely unlocks so much of your org and how it behaves. And it's made me so much better at everything else I do declaratively. What uh, you mentioned Rad Women Code, uh, I feel that I've heard of them before. Uh, mm-hmm. All great things. Are there other programs like that that you've gone through or heard about or recommend? Well, obviously, 
uh, Stand Forever uh, Trailhead Military and Mervis. So I, I think the combination of those two is incredibly powerful. For people who are coming from our background, which I know is really a lot of what we want to talk about today, but if you're transitioning you know, from the military or you're a military spouse and you're transitioning into Salesforce, those are amazing programs, right? Uh, Trailhead Military is the put on the event that you and I met at and chatted at. And it's just this amazing network of people who have made the same transition that are you know, fulfilling all sorts of roles in the community. And it's really great way to like quickly and easily access training. I think there was a time too early on when it was just, hey, this makes the certifications free. I would argue one of the best things they do right now is help curate those paths because there's so much on Trailhead now. You know, I don't know if you've seen the same transition, but like when I first got started, I, I love that there are people like, I got started before Trailhead. I can't say that. But when I got started, there was nowhere near as much content on Trailhead. And it, it's, it's generally the case now that you almost kind of need a guide. You you almost need someone to help you, hey, look, here are really good paths and here are what you need to look at. And that's a lot of what I think they provide is that that network and that support and that path. And then Merivis is just, I mean, next level. I mean, they're, they're, their intensive cohorts are great network builders and it's just a fascinating uh, program and it, it's super effective. And of course, just an amazing network to carry you through that transition process and beyond, definitely. I like it. You mentioned uh, you almost need a guidance when I'm getting my mother-in-law into Salesforce, right? And she was like sending me uh, trails or whatever like she had done. And I was like, Why where did you, you find this? <laughs> I'm like, so, uh, you know, obviously I went over there and I was like, no, okay, here's a trail that I know that is good. That has like what we're trying to do here. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that was dead, that was dead on with like where they're moving into like being a guiding uh, thing, not just like, all right, here's a free voucher. And then to your point, like trailhead, yeah. some of the trail mixes had like seven modules. You can't really get lost, right? Some oh, of them yeah, yeah, like yeah, for sure. And I, and I think that that says a lot that, you know, some people may not realize, but that new trailhead mentor program was actually patterned from trailhead military. They, they took the successful trailhead military program and expanded it to the whole ecosystem to help guide people through all of the content that's available. Switching gears, I want to talk about all those coins behind you because you are a veteran. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to know what was your transition to civilian? Because you didn't go straight, obviously, from your previous story. You didn't go from the military into Salesforce. No, I did. So I did the GI Bill thing. Uh, ironically, the whole reason I enlisted in the Navy in the first place was to be able to pay for college, right? So it's a very real problem that a lot of people have, you know, I mean, yeah, I wanted to travel and see the world a little bit, but it was, it was really also to get the GI Bill. Uh, so I did, you know, I wound up serving 20 years, <laughs> ironically. Uh, but when I got out, I was like, okay, first order of business, let's go get that college degree. So I went back to school in my forties. <laughs> <laughs> to get my, and I say back to school, I had never gone. So, you know, I was like a freshman in freshman seminar and freshman English <laughs> with, you know, 18 year olds as a 40 year retired military, <laughs> you know, professional. Um, so I did, I had a blast. So I spent, um, I guess it was like two and a half, not quite three years, you know, getting my degree. If I could do it over again, I would not have done it so fast. <laughs> it was so much fun. But, you know, for the folks that have done the GI Bill, you know that it's very, um, 
it's very achievement centric. So like once you've completed your degree, it's kind of tough to <laughs> keep spending that money. So I, I did it for as long as I could and went to school full time and had a really great time. So when I got out of school, though, was the whole like, okay, so this was a goal that, you know, I'd had my whole life was to get my college degree. And it was always this like very distant thing. And then when I had finished it, and I was retired from the service, it was like, what do I do now? <laughs> what a, you know, you, you're stuck, you're trapped in this reality of being, you know, basically like, you know, I think I was like 44, 45 at the time. Um, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So, so I did a lot of stumbling around and, and from there stumbled into nonprofit work, which, you know, just it felt like a natural segue. I think, I think it kind of shocks people. And I certainly interacted with a lot of people at nonprofits who thought it was strange that a career military person would then want to have a career in nonprofits. But to me, it just felt, it felt very natural. It's a transition from service to service. It's just a different kind of service. So yeah, it took me a while. <laughs> there was a, there was a bit of a delay there uh, until, and I worked at a number of different nonprofits until I finally found the one that wanted to adopt Salesforce. And, and after that, <laughs> there was no going back. Uh, would you, I've had, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Give me a second. Uh, Matt mm -hmm. Lewis on, and he, he wrote the book mission transition. Uh, mm. he recommends, he recommends starting like two years out and, you know, people that have watched the show have heard like parts of my journey to civilian life and I didn't pay attention to anybody. <laughs> I was, I knew, I knew best. Right. So a hundred percent. Would yes. you, would you say start early? <laughs> oh, oh my God. Right. Uh, I did the same thing. And I feel like it's a little bit like I, you know, I try to describe it to people like this. There, there, there is a transition program. I'm sure you went to tap. It's, it's required for people outside of our community. We'll try really hard to explain the acronyms, but TAP is is Transition Assistance Program, I think. No, I it's, think that's it's a, a class that yeah, yeah. It's a class that everybody has to go through, in theory, um, as they transition out of the service. And it's it's literally just uh like a week of oh, I apologize, my Siri just activated. Sorry, turn that off. It's it's a transition of a, a week-long class where they supposedly teach you and five business days, everything you need to know to transition into your civilian career, which is completely laughable. And I, I went to it very much with an attitude of, you know, in those days, you know, I was second in command of a detachment of sailors and I, I was busy with guys deployed in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I felt like, I don't, I don't have time for this. <laughs> like I got this, how hard can it be? Right. I've been successful in my military career. There's nothing these people are going to tell me that I can't Google and find on the internet. Right. So I, I really went into it with an attitude of this is a, a, a massive waste of my time. And one of the things I tell people now, you know, because sometimes at these same events, you know, we'll bump into people now who are starting a little earlier and they're still in the service and they're starting to think about what they want to do. And I tell people now, check your ego, <laughs> get ready, because it's definitely a humbling experience to make that transition. So I would argue not only should you be starting a couple years out, I would argue it should be some portion of your brain, really, your entire career. Something in your mm -hmm. brain should be thinking, there is a life after this, and I need to think about, you know, how, how does what I'm doing right now maybe possibly help with that or help push, you know, move the needle into good places on that. I am sure if I had had the sense and the wisdom to approach it that way, I, I, my transition would have been better. Uh, so don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> 
tell me about Navigators, your consulting firm, correct? Yes. Yes. Did that, so, where, how did that get come up? That is really a fun story. And I think it really shows the power of relationships more than anything else. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I was consulting at a number of different companies and uh, I had a coworker at uh, my first consulting firm named Dustin, Dustin Cole, who's now my business partner, uh, who has this real entrepreneurial drive and this real drive to like build things and start things from the ground up. And it started as a joke, right? Like occasionally as we got to know each other, we would joke a little bit about like, hey, we should just start our own company. <laughs> right? And it never really quite took it seriously. Uh, he left that firm to go take a, a role as a uh, IT director at a nonprofit and recruited me to follow him. So I was this his Salesforce product manager um, there. And it was great. We had an amazing relationship uh, working at that company. And uh, that company, that nonprofit actually chose eventually to transition their Salesforce implementation. And so we both, you know, opted to leave. So we went back into consulting at, you know, on different timelines and wound up together again. And the joke stopped being a joke at some point. <laughs> you know, it started being, hey, you know, we could actually do this. Like this maybe this isn't nuts, right? And I, I think I I always had a reaction to it of like, dude, you that's pie in the sky dreaming, right? Like that would be way too hard. We would need so many assets, it would, so many things we don't know, like it could never really happen. It took me building a trust relationship with someone who who was determined to figure out what it is we needed to know and what, you know, what were the the legal pieces and the tax pieces and the regulatory pieces, you know, uh, to make me believe it was really possible. And since I've come over onto that side of the house and into like entrepreneur life, if you will, you realize that there are so many resources out there to help you out. But it really, for me, it was the power of partnership, right? Being with somebody who had another vision that, that complemented mine and filled in gaps that I had and helped me believe in, in what was possible. So I, all credit really to my business partner for being the one who was determined and eventually wore me down and convinced me that it was doable. <laughs> that says a lot about you that he kept uh, chugging away, right? He could have been at any point been like, all right, she's not having it. Let me go somewhhere else. But he obviously saw something in you that was like, it's going to happen with it's going to happen <laughs> with Haley. How he one wore way me or down. <laughs> you know, I was like, he really he really does want to do this, <laughs> you know, Um but yeah, he's he's amazing, and I'm so lucky to have him as a business partner. How long were you working in the ecosystem before you kind of made the jump? I think it would. And be when about I say like jump, I mean years. from yeah, yeah. When I say jump, I mean from quote unquote working with the system mm -hmm. to kind of you know to entrepreneurship. Honestly, if you sometimes. Will. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know how to explain consulting. Some days I'll be like, "Oh, that's a good definition," and then I'll forget it. And then I try to explain it again. That's because like, every gig is different. I mean, one of the things I love about consulting is it, it's just every day you sit down to your computer, it's the wild, wild west. <laughs> you know, every organization is different. Everybody has different needs. I swear I have consulting gigs that are group therapy <laughs> more than they're actually anything technical. And then I have clients where it's extremely technical. I mean, every project is completely different. And it's one of the things I love about consulting is at the end of the day, I would define it as you're there to do whatever it takes to make them successful at the end of the day, right? Like that's, I describe it to my clients that consulting is like, you know, you guys are, and, and this was, 
honestly, really, I think a really good metaphor is the name we chose for the company. So we spent a long time on that name. And if you've ever tried to like name a company right now, like hopefully there's maybe some entrepreneurs listening who are just like, yes, everybody I've talked to (laughs) goes through this long process of finding your name and your brand. And for us, we, we really wanted to capture this idea that what consulting is and what consulting isn't, right? So consulting isn't running your own Salesforce implementation, right? It's, it's not, uh, I know what's right and I'm just going to do this for this specific organization. It is, it is enabling other people to make the choices that are right for their organization, even if they're not necessarily the choice that you would have made. Right. But make, putting them in a position where they they feel like it's the right choice and they feel comfortable and empowered to make that choice. So I often described it to my clients that like uh, it's like your guys are moving in a canoe. I can be your outboard motor, but you still have to steer the canoe. And we kind of walked from that to this idea. Both of us have a background in aviation. So Dustin is a private pilot, which I think is really great. Uh, it's a hobby and a fascination of his. And I was an air crewman when I was in the service and flew for a number of years. Uh, so we we took the metaphor of the navigator. So the the idea there is, is like our clients are the pilot, right? They are the captains of their ship, right? They are steering their aircraft. They are going on a journey. We're simply there as their trusted guide. They're to let them know what's the best path and what risks and dangers to avoid. But at the end of the day, our job is to get them to where they want to go. And I, I think that's really probably the best definition of consulting and arguably, I would say the biggest challenge of consulting mm. is recognizing those implementations are not yours. Whoever was listening probably just got a golden nugget right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how how was the experience I, when you first started? Because I, I imagine it's like you just wake up one day and then you're just like, oh, okay, I'm running my company at this point. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like day and night. Yeah. It's it's a little terrifying. (laughs) So that that once you finally make that choice, um, you just want to do it. I mean, once once we had finally gotten to that place and we were like, yeah, yeah, we're totally going to do this. uh, We were just, you just want to get started. You're just dying to get started. Uh, I think I didn't really know what to expect when we officially hung out our shingle and and announced, you know, Um, and there's definitely those early days are you know, are challenging and tough. But I would say that one of the biggest surprises and the the things I remember the most from those first days were the extent to which other people were hugely supportive of us. And not just other people in the ecosystem, but like other partners, right? So we were working at, you know, a consulting firm, ironically co-owned by uh, also another veteran who is an entrepreneur who started it, which is called Kicksaw. Wonderful people and, and run a really great organization. And we were both working there and we dreaded telling <laughs> the two founders of Kicksaw that that we were leaving to start our own firm because we felt like they had really done right by us and we really respected them and what they'd accomplished. And so you, you hate you hate to go to somebody like that, that you trust and respect and tell them that you're quitting to go start your own firm. So we like we were dreading that conversation and we had spent all this time like kind of putting notes together and getting ready to do it. And we finally got to the the time and the point to do it. And their reaction was nothing I expected. They were immediately like, that's amazing. Congratulations. How can we help? Like what, what kind of time frame do you guys want? Do you want some advice? Like 
we're here to help you guys. How do we help you, you know, launch successfully? And to this day, every time I see them, they're like, how's it going? Do you guys need any help? You know, uh, totally not what I expected. Um, but obviously out of really great guys, you know, and then once it became like official and we like officially hung out our shingle, you know, I was astounded at how many people who were technically supposed to be my competition reached out and said, Hey, this is great. How can I help? What do you need? Do you need any advice? Do you just need an ear to talk to? Day one, you know, at one point in my career, I had the very good fortune of working for Circante, which is an amazing marketing centric firm and just full of really amazing people. Day one, Andrea Terrell, who is somebody I always admired, who founded Circante, reached out and said, how can I help? And oh, by the way, here's a lead <laughs> that I think is a good fit for you, right? I think that says a lot about the community that we've built and, and what life is like being a partner in this ecosystem. And it was probably the biggest thing that I, I completely didn't expect and has been a fabulous surprise. How do you handle, oh man, how do I want to phrase this question? Oh, uh, now I'm intrigued. How do you handle someone giving you a lead? Because again, I'm not, we're on like different sides of the fence, I would say. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, if I try to put myself in your shoes and someone's like, here's a lead, I'll be like, mm -hmm. Do I e send them an email or like, what am I doing with this? Yeah. So, you know, that one of the big things that I've learned also in this journey, and this was something that I was blessed to have a business partner that knew, right. And understood at the end of the day, these things are about relationships, right? Uh, being a successful consultant is predominantly about the trust relationship you build with a client above all else, really at the end of the day. Right. And I, I think whenever people first get into consulting, there's always this struggle of, hey, the client asked me a question that I don't immediately know the, the answer to, and I need to go research this and figure it out. And I feel bad. I feel like it's unfair for me to call that service, right? For me to go and research this because I don't know the answer to like every single technical question that can ever be asked, right? For starters, that's a ridiculously unrealistic expectation, <laughs> but it's one we put on ourselves, right? And we feel like we're somehow doing disservice, right? If we don't know the answer to every technical question. The reality is, is that's not, that's not really what the clients are looking for. Like clients know that people don't know everything, right? What they're looking for is a trusted guide, right? And that building that trust, it's a foundation of a relationship, right? So I, I think the beginning of, you know, pursuing a lead is, is yeah, you're going to reach out to the person and explain who you are and what you do and, you know, get all that, all that stuff out of the way. But I think the beginning of it is an invitation to listen, right? I, we often approach ours with, hey, what are you doing? What's going on, right? How, how might we be able to help? You know, we, one of the foundational values in how we run our company is that, is that we are in a, not a scarcity mindset, but, you know, a richness, a, a, that there is enough, right? So we give really freely during our sales process, right? We'll, we'll give, you know, suggestions, we'll scope projects without charging, right? We'll, we begin that relationship. Uh, and, and you can, you have more flexibility to do this as a small firm, right? Approaching it around building a trust relationship with a client and listening, listening a lot around what are their problems, right? What are they, what are they trying to solve? What are the constraints? Why might one solution be a better approach than another? I think the beginning of that, that relationship is really taking the time to understand them 
And then starting to, to build that foundation of trust around, I'm going to give you really honest and, and as generous as I can manage feedback and, and material to help you with that process. Right. And then at some point, an organization is going to reach a point of, Hey, look, we don't organically have this expertise in house. So yeah, yeah, we, we trust you guys. We know that you're going to tell us the truth. We know that you are going to follow through and do the things that you say you're going to do. So let's go ahead and, and enter a business relationship. That's kind of like the last thing, right? So I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, business is about relationships and it's about trust. And, and, and that I can't think of any greater award of trust than somebody who, who says, look, I, I, I have so much confidence in the advice that you give me and in this relationship that I would like to enter a business proposition with you. And, and that's, that's pretty magical. And every time it happens, I'm just a little, <laughs> it just, it never, it really never gets old. If we can go back to your day-to-day -day life, I guess, at what point, yeah. again, because I'm curious, because it sounds mm -hmm. like you still do hand, I don't know how big Navigators is, yeah. so I'm just going to assume that you still do <laughs> hands-on work. I do. At, but you also have employees, right? I do know that. So you're like, yes, I have an employee. I, I do this, but you're, <laughs> I, I do this like you're a puppet master. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, you're right. I always do this as keyboards, but you're right. It's kind of puppet master too. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely still in that stage of I, I, I do delivery, right? So navigators, everybody does delivery, right? We, we don't have room to not. Um, and I, I can see that we'll get to a point someday probably where, you know, I will do less of that, right? Uh, and eventually we'll get to a place where, you know, Dustin will predominantly do sales and, and less delivery. Right now we all do delivery. And I, I, I really believe that the foundation of a strong salesperson in the Salesforce ecosystem is technical experience, right? Like to be able to really talk to clients and understand and steer them towards, you know, the, the first steps of that relationship really is so much about having a good command of the product, right? What, what product's available, you know, what, what might be the right solution, what might fit for this client, fit their budget, fit their timeline, fit their technical needs, right? It takes a lot. And I think there's like a level of knowing product that's like, yeah, I've read the, the write-ups and uh, maybe I've even dived into the documentation and I've seen the like briefs and stuff. Then I think there's a whole nother level of I have implemented it and I have muscle memory around what the traps here are. If you have that as a salesperson, that's a huge advantage. And, uh, and we fortunately have that in, in how, in having Dustin, you know, pr predominantly manage sales. But I think eventually there will come a time, you know, where we'll do less of it. And this, this to me is very similar to the struggle I had in the service I think most people in the service go through this process too of like you, as you rise through the ranks, right? If you're enlisted, right? So we'll put a caveat on this for all the enlisted folks because it's a little different if you're an officer, right? But for the enlisted folks, you start out around a technical career. And then as you promote, you do more and more supervision, you do less and less of the technical. I always struggled um, when I was in the service, I was a linguist and a cryptographer. And so I always struggled with, I still wanted to, to do the job. You know, I still wanted to, as you say, touch grass. I still wanted to, even though the bulk of my job was really managing people and managing the unit, right? From time to time, I still needed to get out on the road and put on the old headsets and do the technical job. So the, you were in touch with what it took. That's my intention moving forward with navigators is to always keep a little piece of it, right? <laughs> to, to touch grass and stay in delivery. But I'm, I'm sure, I hope, I'm optimistic, we'll continue to grow and, and 
more and more people would do immediate delivery. But that having said, yes, <laughs> my day to day is still predominantly delivery. Um, we've had the very good fortune of hiring our first employee. Um, we're not even a year old, and we brought on our first employee a couple of months ago. And when we decided to hire, we immediately went to hiring our heroes. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this program, and I totally want to put a boost and a shout out to these guys. It's an amazing program. If you're starting a company or you're in you're in a hiring position at all, what's amazing about this program is these folks get prepped to be truly job ready, right? They're they're already certified. They've had a lot of business training, right? You can select a fellow to do a fellowship with you. And while they're doing the fellowship, the Hiring Our Heroes program pays them a stipend. So it's it's not it's not an unpaid internship. They're truly paid. And then you get the opportunity to work with them for three months. And at the end of our fellowship with um, our fellow was Kim Pham. At the end of our fellowship, we were like, we're not letting her get away. <laughs> so we made her an <laughs> offer and, and she stayed. So it's like having a three-month tryout, right? Both for them and for you, right? It's it's an amazing program. And if you if any for any of your listeners who are in a hiring position, I highly recommend getting in touch with the hiring our heroes people. It's an amazing program. Because you don't take on that financial burden either, right? Because you said they- No. I mean, as an entrepreneur, like I don't have to pay them for the first three months. Are you kidding me? Right. That, that's like three months that I can help work on getting a person up to a speed. Now, it takes more than three months to build a fully round up consultant. There's no question there. But 100 percent, she was I mean, by the time she completed her fellowship, she was she was booking hours and managing clients. Right. The quality of the people in the program are astounding because it's it's fairly competitive. Right. So the the pool of people, the hardest part we had when you go to them and say, like, hey, we want to take on a fellow. They present to you like like a book of potential fellows and going through their resumes. I was like, how are we ever going to pick? Like they're they're all amazing. Right. Uh, because the program is so competitive at this point, because their placement rate is so high. Right. It, it really is just hiring our heroes. Fellows are very top notch. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Salesforce releases three times a year. It's always changing. Oof. How do you juggle that? And again, from a, put on your entrepreneurial hat, mm-hmm. hey, this is a cool feature coming out. Do I spend time learning it to kind of help our customers? Or it's like, that's not in our wheelhouse. Let me focus on what we do yeah. best. Yeah. How's I think that, <laughs> that that takes, that's, you know, that is, you could do a whole podcast just on that, right? Like how yeah. do, how do you, you balance the time you spend staying up to speed on product with the time that you spend in immediate delivery. And and I would say the foundation of that really is a couple of things for starters, right? It's if you choose to be a consultant, a, a lot of what your clients are, are relying on you for is for product knowledge, right? Uh, if I have any criticism of Salesforce, I love Salesforce, obviously, and I love the company, um, but I, I have my critiques. And one of my critiques is uh, product nomenclature is just bananas unuseful. <laughs> and that's not at all descriptive. It's very confusing. They're constantly changing the names, right? And if we as Salesforce professionals struggle with that, can you imagine what that's like for customers? You know, customers really are just perplexed. And if there's one thing that the that the partner program brings to the table, it's the ability to, for all organizations of all sizes, be able to explain that and help people navigate that space. So 
knowing product capability and, and intended use case, in my opinion, is very much a core function of a consultant. That having been said, product line has grown now to the point where like, there's no way, right? I have worked with clients occasionally that have had uh, previous partners, right? Or have, have interacted with people in the ecosystem that told them, oh, I know, I know all of the product. And I call BS on that. It's not possible. <laughs> no, no, no one person can possibly know <laughs> all of the product at this point. So I, I do think there's a lot of power in uh, having the balance between, yeah, I'm kind of a generalist and I know what's going on, but also this is what we specialize in, right? And I, I think that specialty is not so much just about the product, right? But I specialize in these industries, right? I, I, I came from these industries in my case, right? I know the constraints. You know, my business partner spent a lot of time working in institutions of higher ed, right? You just have a certain muscle memory and a knowledge for what what are the concerns, what are the primary risks, what are, you know, you're, you're in that culture and you understand what their needs are in a really specific way. So there's real power in being able to pair, I know the industry and its, its considerations really well with, I know this immediate product line. There's a euphemism and I, I'm not the one that came up with this. And I saw it somewhere in the internet and apologies to whoever did. But there's this thing people talk about where they talk about T-shaped people. So it's this idea that like across the top, I'm a generalist to a certain extent. I know a little bit about a lot of things, but then there's the, the bottom of the T, right? I have very deep knowledge in a particular area. So I, I think consultants really need to be T-shaped people, right? The, the trick there is I have a lot of generalist knowledge, but I have a really deep knowledge in a particular area. So I think it starts with knowing what your focus is. And when you get into consulting as an entrepreneur, you get pulled in like 40 directions, right? Like Salesforce will push and pull you in certain places. Hey, we want you over here. We want you doing this, whatever. Clients will kind of do that. And in those early days when you really need the work, it's really tempting to chase after stuff that's not your, not your milieu, not your, your niche. I think, I think success in the long term is maybe not 100% resisting that, but certainly balancing that with what you feel is your niche. And then at the end of the day, right, uh, it's, it's a time commitment. I, I spend the first like hour or so of my day just reading blogs, reading documentation, reading release notes, you know, spinning up a, a, a demo org, playing with a little thing, just maintaining the top of the T, right? Keeping my little fingers you know, in that space so that I have some sense of it. And and I, I want to say too, I think for a lot of people when they first get into Salesforce, that's very overwhelming. People are like, there's just no way. It's too much stuff, right? Three releases a year. Oh my God. Here's the secret. Three releases a year. If you are new to, to the Salesforce ecosystem, if you're getting into consulting new or you're just an admin or whatever, three releases a year is the secret equalizer. You will occasionally meet people who are like, I've been doing this for 10 years and I know all of the things. And certainly a lot of experience is really valuable. But if you have been in this ecosystem for a super long time and you are not earning certs anymore or actively doing the work, when there are three releases a year, it doesn't take long for you to, for your saw to get rusty, right? So I often tell people when they're getting in and they're new and they're, they're overwhelmed and it's too much and there's people that have been doing this forever, Hey, look, <laughs> you can only ever get so behind because when there's three releases a year, everybody has to keep up. And the technical knowledge from like three years ago, four years ago, it's not 
that helpful anymore. So it's it's a secret equalizer. No, I agree. Quick story on that. We just had, um, we're trying to build this complex flow and we found this uh, blog by, she's uh, Jen Lee. Um, <gasps> Jen Lee and like the screen, blog. the screenshots was like from flow builder from God knows when. And we were oh, looking at it. Was at like it black and, it was and like, white when it wasn't like all candy colored and like, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That was not that long ago. Right. So it's like, to your point, I, Wholeheartedly, that is such a good point. Three releases a year can be daunting, but you got to look at it as a equalizer, mm-hmm. which leads me into, I have two questions for you and you kind of answered them a little bit, kind of. Mm. One piece of advice for someone that's brand new into Salesforce generally, right? Mm. And then what is your piece of advice for someone that's getting into consulting for the first time? Oh. So two different individuals and you actually yeah. have experience in both. So what do you got? What do you got for the listeners and the, or the people watching? Um, if you're brand new to Salesforce and, uh, you know, I want to, I want to echo one thing that I feel like has become more okay to talk about, uh, of late. And I, I, unfortunately his name is completely slipped to my mind. So I'm, I'm doing him a horrible disservice, but there was recently, uh, someone who wrote a really great blog post that became quite popular in the ecosystem that pointed out, and I just want to shout out on this, right? If you're getting brand new and you're new to the ecosystem, the advice used to be go volunteer with a nonprofit. That's actually a terrible idea. <laughs> if you, if people were first getting started in Salesforce, nobody would say go volunteer on a massive service cloud implementation with voice and omni-channel and all that. It's tantamount to telling people that, right? The, the nonprofit cloud is, is, is enormous and it has a lot of considerations and it takes skill and development, same as anything else. So uh, I, my advice to people when they're first getting started is just use the platform to solve your own problems, right? Like build your own stuff. There is no substitute for the muscle memory of just getting in there and doing things, right? I, I've occasionally worked in roles where the, the function of being the architect and the and the designer was separated from the actual hands-on keyboard work. And that, for me, that just, that didn't work. That didn't jive, right? To really understand what the best solution is, I think you have to have actually played with it. When we prep for tests, you know, certifications and stuff, there's like, I did the trailheads and I read the documentation level of knowledge. And then there's the, oh, I've done the thing, <laughs> right? And I, I've, I've had that experience. You know, there's, there are all these little like, uh, bombs placed in your path, these little IEDs along the road, if you will. And one of them is things like the marketing checkbox on the user record, right? Like everybody has that point where they, they've been working in Salesforce to a certain point and they're like, why can't this user see campaigns? This is so stupid. And you realize it's just this one checkbox on the user record, right? The muscle memory of that is priceless. And there's, there's no shortcut to that. So find something you are interested in that you are passionate, solve your own problems, right? I built a um, a grocery list app on Salesforce once so that I could go around my house on my phone and like build a little grocery list, right? Like solve your own problems on the platform and, and that gets you to a place of, you know, I have a certain level of proficiency and stuff around how it works. That's a great stepping stone also to being a consultant. So Again, consulting is a little bit different, right? There's pros and cons of every possible, you know, role that you can have in the ecosystem. A successful consultant really at the end of the day, in my opinion, needs three things to really be great, right? They need, uh, first of all, the ability to build a trust rapport with a client, 
right? And that can look lots of different ways and is different for every single client. So having a diverse set of consultants in a company is an advantage, right? That have different styles of personalities and different approaches because the chemistry between you and the client is like everything. But the ability to build a rapport with a client, second, the ability to just knuckle down and figure something out, right? Like I have this new feature, I've never touched it before. All right, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna pull up the documentation and I'm just gonna read this stuff line by line if I gotta, or I'm gonna watch the YouTube videos or I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do and I'm just gonna like grind it out, right? And that is something, you know, shout out to vets, right? Like if you served, <laughs> you have been in this boat, right? Everybody in the military has been put in a position where somebody hands them something and you're just like, I just got to grind it out. Like there's no teacher here. I just got to, I got to figure this out, right? That is a necessary attribute of a consultant. And then the, the third piece I would put in there is, is grit, right? If you are working as an admin or working on a team or in some of these other cases, a lot of times there's help, right? There's, um, you are not the ultimate, you know, the, the, the buck doesn't stop necessarily with you, right? In consulting, the buck very much stops with you, right? You have got to figure out what's going to work for the client. And that is not about having complete and total technical control of every single product. That's about, I'm determined and I'm going to do what it takes to make this project a success. It, it, it just, it takes a certain level of grit. Again, this is a place where folks in the military really shine because we've all been in that boat, you know? I think I think everybody has that moment in boot camp where you're given some sort of like ridiculous task that is just like ludicrous and it's bottomless. Like, do you remember your first GI party? I think is what they call it in the army, right? When they're just like, you have to clean these like 40 buildings and you're like, ah, you know, I, I remember once getting uh, punished by having to sweep a parking lot and, <laughs> boot camp. <laughs> and you're just like, it's just a bottomless pit and I'll never, uh, there's a point switch that flips for some people. Some people I think maybe are kind of already born this way, but you get to this place of like, you know what is not going to get the job done sitting here thinking about how this is a bottomless <laughs> job. <laughs> you know, what is going to start moving the needle is I'm, I'm just going to start, right? I'm going to, I'm going to find a place where I can make some progress. I'm going to eat this elephant one bite at a time. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going to start making progress and, and get positive momentum. That takes a certain amount of you know, faith in yourself and, and faith in the people you're working with. And, and that those would be the three pieces that I would say make a successful consultant, not necessarily the depth of your technical knowledge. Haley, you're a joy to talk to. Uh, it's been <laughs> amazing. You you're hilarious in my opinion. Uh, and you, ex you explain things uh, that are easy to take in and understand, right? You don't, you don't overcomplicate things. Um, Thanks. <laughs> Some of the key things that you talked about, like a role, being a role switcher, you know, I think that's a real thing in the ecosystem. Uh, everybody wants 100%. to label themselves, but just be like, yeah, I'm, I do a bunch of different things, which leads into mm -hmm. the T-shaped people. I'm taking that. That's an awesome idea, right? You, and then you go deep on one thing. Um, thank you for joining the show, Haley. Uh, can't wait to see you again. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast.